0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from Pardes North America. This Purim special of the Pardes Parsha podcast features Rabbi Alicia Anchelovitz and Yiska Smith. For the latest episode of the Parsha podcast, please visit elmod.pardes.org. And now, Rabbi Alicia Anchelovitz and Yiska Smith. Hello Yiska Smith. Alicia Shalom, Shalom. Hi. Hi, hi. So we're gathered today, two of us, to discuss Purim. Great, Purim is right around the corner. <laughs> right around the corner. Teach so, me
1: something, Rav Alicia. Teach me. Teach me uh, about teach Purim. Teach you something.
0: Teach <laughs> you something. Um. Uh. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say something, and then you're gonna teach us a whole bunch of Hasidic insights into how to really <laughs> look at life. So fine. But here, here's the idea I want to share. Yeah, I can't. Um, but I can't help
1: myself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, good. Like good. So, okay. So, I want to throw everybody for loop a little bit, but not really. Okay. So, we all know that the that the regalim, the three main holidays of Sukkot, uh, Pesach, Shavuot. Okay. We all know that they're also agricultural holidays, as it says, for instance, in uh, pashat Mishpatim, the Torah portion of Mishpatim. Um, these are the 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 holidays of Chag um, which is the flatbread holiday, or the spring barley holiday, um, harvest, harvesting fruits. So they're all agricultural holidays, um, which the Torah says, don't worship other gods, worship Adon Hashem, as in the master versus Baal, the master. Fine. We all know that those are elements of the Torah, biblical holidays. And we also know that they're connected to things like Yitzhak the exodus.
1: So what, what I'm hearing is that these three share historically parts of our own history as a nation. And they're also related to agriculture. Right. right. And because of that, these are the three main points during the year. This is when we would, as a people, come to Yerushalayim. That's why it's called. the Right, village. right.
0: We'd come on these regalim or, okay. ha- or Hag as in the Arabic chag. Right? Yeah. We'd come right exactly because these are the main holidays for everybody in the ancient Near East. Right. Yeah, but okay. we connected them to trying, or, Right, the Sorry, the- they got connected. God did it. Yeah, you know, he took us out in in the spring, however you want to say this because I'll discuss. Um but once to throw out the Purim, actually, it was hmm. w- was always an agri- a populist or popular agricultural unofficial holiday. Meaning we call it the Rabanan, and it used to be celebrated even in the time of First temple by Rishon.
1: That's fascinating. Okay. This is this is new news. What you're is... Telling you, so even though perm is not mentioned in the actual Khumash, right, its history predates the whole Megillat Esther episode.
0: Yes, that's why i like. That's what I'd like to show, argue, that's um, and yes, right. Okay? And it's not mentioned chumash because it's not again. It's not an official official holiday. It's not one of those that you tax. There's no maser on it. You don't bring to Shalaim as part of the tax and beginning of the season. Doesn't have any of that. So wait, so let me, so yes, so to explain, there is um there is a fragment known as the Gezer calendar. It's a Canadian a Canadian Canali calendar. That's um fragment. We don't know what purpose it served, but it lists the seasons of the year and what happens in the different months seasonally. So there's a let's say month of Asif, like we have for for uh, for uh, what do you call it? there's, okay, there's the Chag, uh, sora, the barley, which is Pesach, right, Pesach. The, Chlapper, the Chagamatzot, okay? So one of them there is a month of Peshet. 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 And Peshet comes before barley, as in Pesach is barley, and right. it's the month before that, which for us is Adar. Wow. Okay? And Peshet, biblically, what Peshet means, because it's used for linen and different things, but what it really means, peshet, classically, means wild grasses—the type of stuff you turn into hay and uh, herbs. Also, there's a month celebrating that the grasses, if you will, that grow before the barley grows. Right? So there's a winter. We're all starving. We're all saved up food, hopefully. If we're poor, less food. <laughs> if we're poor, we're living in houses that are, you know, not so high in the hill. So sometimes our our, our uh, produce even spoils. So we're getting stressed as the winter goes on, whether we have enough food and all those things. There's an even Acadian prayer about that. Um, but corn comes along, and suddenly there's no barley yet, but there's pesha. I can feed my cattle. And if it's really bad year, I can cook the grass. I can't eat it raw because you can't eat raw. it raw. It, it takes too many calories to digest, digest raw grass. So you die eating it. But you can cook it. So I can feed it to my cattle. If really, really bad year, I can cook it. Or herbs. 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 You grow herbs, Yiska.
1: I grow herbs, yeah. And esev, which how you're describing it, is specifically grass. But I know at least in modern Hebrew, those of us who have gardens, asavim are all the different. Uh, they're even weeds or herbs. It could be rosemary. It could be right. the, yeah, all different uh, nutritional. We add this to our dishes. For capers, I have I have had capers grow in my garden, rosemary grow in my garden. It's it's incredible what what grows. That's also referred to as an esef.
0: Right, right, right. So these are all forms of peshet. That they don't have as much protein as barley and wheat, especially classic barley right. and wheat, but, and as much calories. But yeah, but they're food, right? And you know, if desperate desperate situation, or as you said, if we're rich enough, we can add it to our food, right? Great. Um, right. Okay. So that that's, I think that's one in Purim too. It's actually a popular holiday, that eventually also has its history, that connects it. And it, and it doesn't show up in Tanakh because it's a popular holiday. <laughs> but it's a, and we call it Deraibano because, because it's a different level. It's not the same thing as you know weed, barley, you know, so forth. So that's this idea I had about Purim.
1: Okay. Now. <laughs> Somehow I feel compelled Okay, yes. through, through the lens of Hasidut of to, to, if the whole miracle of Purim, that whole story with Queen Esther is all about God concealing God's presence. We see it's the only book of the Tanakh, the written Torah where God's name is not mentioned. And yet right. it's very clear that there was a lot of divine intervention in how the different events were orchestrated so, right. what can? How do I see that? If that's the history, what's the historical component to what you're describing, which was during the times of the first temple, before this all happened in Persia with Queen Esther, with Mordecai and Queen Esther? I, I feel I want to see somehow a connection, and uh, between
0: them, yes. So, may I? I mean, no, sure, please, please. Can you suggest something before I suggest something? Uh, I, I could suggest something, and I'm sure you'll you'll say it in much better Hasidic language than I will, but I'll say it in my in my uh, analytical right fashion. Um, that could be the, the the populace, right? Even though now it has pesha, so okay, there's you know basic food for cattle and their goats, whatever, okay, whatever they have for milk. Um, and, and there's basically for them in case, right, they're really starving and all that. But they're not happy if they have to eat pesha. Right? So it's great to have a story about those evil people sitting there in some big capital of a big empire out, out there, out to you know, and they have plans and they try to kill the people. Even if they're not killing you, they're just letting you starve to death due to you know taxes and everything. But like you feel they're out to kill you and wipe you out and all those things. And then one of the a young woman from the provinces, you know, that beautiful peasant girl, <laughs> makes it up and she becomes the queen and she saves everybody. Like it's a perfect historical event to match. It's a great historical event to match what people are experiencing at this time. On one hand, you know, they're being persecuted. On the other hand, they are going to survive. Was that clear? No, no, I'm thinking
1: about that. I'm just, I'm pondering on what you're saying, because I do see a connection to when this was initially celebrated as a folk a holiday, celebrating the beginning of the of the of the uh, grasses growing, where even from that, a human can, in extreme circumstances, cook it, boil it, that it can sustain us to a degree. And we know in our own history, there have been times when we have, we've really been in in Shalom Eidah, may we never know it ourselves, where yeah. in our history, we've been forced to to survive in ways that we never imagined possible. And I would like to say right there, that's the miracle of Purim, even before Purim became Purim. Okay, something that is regarded as, it's a weed. It's just this grass growing even before the barley, even before the season of Pesach something like that can actually sustain us. And why? Because in that, like in all agriculture, inherent in it, its essence is the divine presence. The divine presence to grow, to sustain, to nurture. And actually the P.S. Nesna Rebbe, he teaches in B'nei Machshava Tova, he says, even in a granule of sand, a little granule of sand there is the presence of the divine right, that right. we and we walk on sand and yet there's the presence of the divine even when the cows are mooing in that sound is the presence of the divine it's concealed from me when i initially look at a granule of sand or i hear a cow mooing i don't necessarily immediately see or hear the divine presence The PSS asks me, why would you not see the divine presence in this? Why would you remove you from this garden of manifestation of divine presence? And the answer is because I don't cultivate the practice, the spiritual practices that sensitize me to peeling back the obvious, to peeling back what is apparent, lichora. Right. To be able to penetrate, to burrow into that granule of sand, into hearing that sound from the cow.
0: So it comes. So so it comes. Per, it comes. Per, there's winter. I um okay. I'm feeling whatever. Life is hard. Cold, cold. Food is a problem. Running low. And and then what happens? The
1: grass starts. I see it in my garden now. The grass is beginning to come up. Uh, that gra- the, i didn't have all winter. the grass is actually in this and here in yerushalayim for all of our listeners even though my almond tree is blossoming the white flowers which is the sign the first sign of spring the temperatures are still quite low it's still it's still winter and yet the grasses are growing the almond tree is blossoming
0: right right even though the almonds aren't ready as almonds but the grass is already right growing right, right 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 mm-hmm. Mm.
1: So as much as we don't obviously see God in Megillah to Esther, because of the, at first glance, we don't see God's name printed. When we peel away the obvious, we then get to see, we have the vision of, we have the insight. We see the present through the lens of divine providence. And in divine providence, in fact, is how the divine, how God, uh, manifests the presence of the divine in everyday current events. Nice, nice. And if we, but we see, unlike the splitting of the sea, the man coming down from the heavens, the 10 plagues, we were beneficiaries of that without having to do anything. All the laws of nature were suspended and we benefited. This, though, requires us to be in partnership. It's uh, as much of a miracle, but... it's as much of a miracle that I can actually see God in a granule of sand or in the grasses growing in my garden right now, and know that I can actually be sustained by that. That is not stom. That's not, as we say, move on may love. That cannot be taken for granted. But it doesn't defy the laws of nature. This is how God operates, our creator operates within the laws of nature. So right. it seems like God is concealed. But from the from the vantage, from the seeing light through the lens of spirituality, it's very revealed. Wow. God's presence is very wow.
0: revealed. That's beautiful, as, as, as usual, Iska. <laughs> uh, okay, wow. Wow. So uh, So what should we wish... All well, I, I just want, yeah, before we, oh, before sorry. we I, I, close, it was
1: just, another thought I had, because this year we're reading Parshat Titzavah, right before Purim. Mm-hmm. What do we know about Parshat Titzavah relative to Purim, Megillah Esther, with his concealment? From the beginning of the book of Exodus, from the very beginning to the end of Devarim, Deuteronomy, there's only one Parsha where Moses' name is not written. Right. And that's in the parsha. that's in close proximity.
0: To <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> right. And yet, and yet he's there. Like,
1: oh, he's uh, very, yet yeah. very, very present. Right. Very present. Very present.
0: Nice. nice. Yeah. So, but, so let's was, bless. Yeah. Please. I'm open to you. You tell me.
1: Well, what I what I would like to bless you and all the listeners is that as we move closer and closer to Purim, let us begin to sensitize ourselves, mm. even starting today, maybe one moment in the course of a day where I intentionally look for God's presence, could be through the course of current events in my life, it could be through nature, it could be through seeing, let's say, Now that we're more urbanized, many of us are not as close to nature. We see the buildings of buildings going up. It looks like, wow, what the human being can do through engineering and architecture and all the advanced technology. And yet, can we even look at a building and see through the human mind, the the presence of the divine. We were created in the image of the of the divine to create. So I, I bless everyone that la at la at little by little as we move closer and closer towards Purim, we peel back that which may seem concealed to then beholding what clearly can be revealed.
0: So, um, beautiful. I'm go. I'll add it. Um, more. You know, me being more that practical type thing. Um. Even even when it seems, I guess, that there's no hope, to realize what you're saying, to constantly see the divine and realize possibilities of hope and food exist. Thank you, Yiska. Thank you, Alicia.
1: Well, thank you. This was great. All right, Chag Sameach to everybody.
0: Chag Sameach. Thank you again for downloading this podcast, a production of Pardes North America. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Spotify for the latest episodes of the Pardes Parsha podcast.